What is going on, squad? My name is Brian Mark. I'm the host of the number one podcast for online fitness coaches who are trying to grow a successful online business without spending any money on ads, a website, or a funnel. I built my fitness business to over $50,000 a month over the course of four years. And in the last two and a half years, I've worked with over a thousand online coaches and a hundred of them have hit $10,000 a month. Without further ado, let's get into today's episode. What is going on online fitness coaches? Welcome to another episode of the Change Labs Make Money Online Trainer Podcast. This is the number one show for online fitness coaches who are trying to grow a successful online business. In today's episode, I'm joined by not one, not two, but three legends. Introducing first, beneath me, literally in height and on the computer, his name is Cole Silva. He stands five <laughs> six, three inches tall, and he weighs in at 125 pounds. Cole, how you doing, bro? Bro, you just wait till I get back to Kelowna, bro. I'm going to choke you out on your own podcast. People are going to be like, you're going to be like, welcome to another... Ugh. I'm just going to rear naked choke your ass. Conor McGregor, you just right, right in the fucking background. He's going to be hilarious. <laughs> and we got Chad and Farr joining us from Beyond Built. Boys, what the fuck is up? How you guys doing? Man, I'm just goddamn happy to be here. As always, this is a great time. This is a great time. I'm ready to market people. I'm ready to cuss a whole lot and hopefully inspire somebody. I love it. Far, how you doing, bro? Far always has this like, I am, I just ascended and now I'm going to come join you down on your reality level. How you doing, bro? I'm happy and peaceful. He changed up the way he's sitting so there's not a window behind him anymore, blind the fucking camera so it's like the dogs are just barking up a store it's like literally being here is like being in a room full of chat these dogs don't shut up they just yap like fucking literally they've been yapping since like 4 a.m i'm like dude i gotta go somewhere a little quieter like you notice chad's in my apartment right now in my room there's a reason i left la and that wow so yeah i guess the trips go all the way eh? fucking shots fired up in here right yeah literally we're all just roasting each other i love it this is fun let's do this more often okay guys we're talking about will to win today and i wanted to talk about will to win with these boys because i think that you know out of all the clients that we've worked with like these guys definitely understand the psychology behind will to win and i don't know how obviously because i don't know if you guys all know of cole da silva's background but cole da silva has won three first place trophies and three overall trophies in fitness competitions so guys when i say will to win let's like break down that statement let's dissect that first like what does will to win actually mean to you let's start with what does it mean to you and then we're going to go to what does it mean to to our audience so cole what does will to win mean to you this right here bro never giving up no matter what the fuck happens to you no i'm just kidding will the win honestly guys like i feel like if i was to think about the will the win definition it would be like weathering any and every fucking storm that comes up no matter what because i feel like a big reason why a lot of people don't win a big reason why a lot of people fail is because a storm will happen or something will come up in their lives and they will allow that storm to set them back they'll allow that storm that thing that problem to push them away from their purpose i'm just not about that shit like i when we bring up like the hardest worker in the room mentality or anything like that like i feel like a lot of people see it as cocky and i just see it as confidence based around the fact that nothing stops me from working towards my purpose period anything Mm -hmm. can happen in my life and i'm going to push through no matter what it's just Mm -hmm. that simple I love that. Far, what do you think? I think it's having the emotional wherewithal to perceive, to continue to pursue and perceive things for what they are and making the most out of them, right? Like, I don't know, being, especially being where I am right now, it's been very interesting to watch someone come back from an injury, yet it's also telling of where they are as a person with their will to win. And that's a toughness issue, right? Like, are you willing to do what it takes? Are you patient enough to understand that there are just going to be times where you probably aren't going to like how you feel? That's reality. Like, nothing difficult or nothing worthwhile happens without some level of difficulty right and i think that's the will to the win is can you embrace the process and the things that come with that emotional level because all of us here can probably say that winning is fucking amazing but like going through the will of having it it comes with some pretty tumultuous emotions at 
sometimes. And I think mm-hmm. you have the ability to navigate things emotionally because that's what's going to get you to where you want to get. Boom. Chad, what do you think? For me, is it, are you willing and able to use this emotional intensity to drive action forward with whatever it is you want to achieve? And are you willing to embrace the losses, embrace the failures and build off of those and have an abundance of gratitude and curiosity to those losses and understanding that they will come, they are inevitable, or are you willing to keep going? I think the will to win is simply different. Like when I talk about like the will to win, like I look at winners and people that are winning, like they're relentless, like they don't stop, you know, they're never satisfied and they're, they have this, this passion and this will that serves something far beyond themselves, that the true will to win is when you're in it to win for a mission that's greater than just you. Mm, I love it. I think I love all of these answers. And I think that mine aligns with pretty much all of yours. And mine is like to, to refuse to be denied. Because I think that when it comes to like accomplishing like outcomes or or succeeding at a higher level or coming back from any, whatever it is, it's like absolutely refusing to be denied. Like it's like I see this like idea in my head of what my life could be. And I see this idea in my mind of like where I could go. And I absolutely refuse to accept any other outcome than to achieve that outcome that I actually truly desire. And the hardest part about this conversation is like one of the things Cole said, I think is like 100% on point is like, I think that a lot of people think that winning is a linear process, right? And I think that a lot of people get stuck in this feeling of deserving the win. So it's like, you know, I want to win. Like there's like, let's talk about a fitness competition because it's a really good, like easy metaphor to understand. It's like, there's 10 people training for a fitness competition. It's almost like, I feel like if I hit all my workouts and I did all my meals that I deserve to win, right? It's like, and we get this feeling of deserving and what we don't understand understand is that like, sometimes you can still put forth all of the effort that you want to put forth and you don't achieve the desired outcome. But like, I think a true like test of time will to win is going through these experiences where you do catch a loss and not getting thrown off by the storm. 100%. I love this topic because this is like a conversation that I have like internally. And this conversation that I have internally is the same conversation that I have with every one of our athletes that are competing. And I always tell them like, and I love that we're relating it to this, but I think the same goes for everything like they're so dedicated to this outcome and for many people that are prepping for the first times it's like the first time they've been truly dedicated to an outcome for and are willing to go to that extent and that extreme to actually get it and that alone will bring you a ton of confidence and i firmly believe that will change your approach to everything that you do moving forward from that and it'll teach you hell of a lot but i love that you said that like hey like if i hit every meal nail every macro hit every work like sure i can feel like i deserve the win but you can't control who's show up. So your will to win comes down to a moment with yourself. Your will to win comes down to a moment with yourself right before you get on that stage, right before you achieve that outcome. You're like, wow, you know what? I'm fucking proud of myself. And that's all you need. You don't need the external validation. You don't need the fucking trophy. You don't need to have somebody tell you that you're winning. But within you, like you feel that in your own self, like I'm fucking proud of myself. I did this shit. I gave this everything that I had. I learned as many lessons as I could. I fucking did it. And I'm confident within me. That's the win. And if you can have that feeling within yourself, you don't need anything else. I promise you don't need anything fucking else to keep you going. That's mm-hmm. I love that. One of the things you said is like, that's like, for me, when I hear that, I'm like, I hear leaving no stone unturned. Yeah. I'm like, I hit every meal, I hit every macro, and then I deserve to win. And I think the truth is though, like, okay, so let's talk about like, we'll talk about will to win. I also want to talk about loss. And I want to share like, you know, it'd be really cool if we could share like a loss with everyone. Cause I, I think that when people see us succeeding, it's easy to just see the success. But I really want to share like, we're somewhere where we actually lost. And so I remember 
remember when I was training for my fitness competition in Australia and I have always been very like boisterous as in like, I'm going to fuck win. I, I've always been like that. Football, like everything I do, I've always been like that. And so I remember I was training for this show in Australia and it was the WBFF and I wanted to win my WBFF pro card. So I told literally every single fucking person that I knew like on social media and in person, I'm going to go to Australia. I'm going to win and I'm going to come back with my pro card. Like I told everyone, like it was like everybody knew that I was going to Australia. I literally told every single person that I knew that I was going to win in Australia. And I got last place when I got last. That was like my biggest failure ever in life. And I remember like going through that experience and just like the amount of pain that I actually felt was actually what triggered my drug addiction because I told everyone that I was going to do this thing. I ended up not doing the thing and I ended up coming home feeling like a total and complete failure. And I didn't feel like a failure, not just because I was like telling everybody that I was going to win. But honestly, you guys, I felt like a failure because I kept saying that I wanted to win. I kept telling people, but then I wasn't actually fucking doing anything about it. And I was missing workouts, missing meals, missing macros. It was the biggest like failure that I ever had in my life. And I think it's because I was so verbally committed to an outcome, but I wasn't actually internally committed to winning. And so it's like, I almost needed people to validate me and say like, oh, like that's so cool that you're going for the win, but I wasn't actually like working towards it, if that makes sense. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a big thing that a lot of people end up struggling with. And I feel like it's one of the reasons why when I'm preaching to our clients or preaching to other people that I know now, I talk about like, I think that you need to speak what you want to achieve in, out into the world. But I also strongly believe in like staying quiet about like actually what you want to achieve and not like flexing it on everybody because nobody who cares, nobody needs to fucking know, just do what you want to do, talk it into existence, but don't flex it on other people. Because I feel like that's happened to a lot of us. And I've been sitting here, I'll go next talking about the biggest failure. I had no idea what I was talking to talk about today, not because I don't have any failures in my life, guys, but because there's been a lot of things that I've done in my life that I regret and a lot of things that have happened in my life that throw me off. And I had different subjects pop up. I was going to think about maybe talking about how we went undefeated when I was in fucking my football season, undefeated, won 12 games in a row, destroyed every fucking team by 20 points. And then we lost in the championship, multiple different things. I was going to talk about my drug addiction, all this other stuff, but I feel like I want to open up about a story that I've actually never told for online. And I'm not going to go into super detail because I feel like this is a whole nother subject, but I think the biggest failure I've ever had in my life was gifting my parents $50,000 when I was 18 years old. So Brian knows this story. He knows a decent amount about this, but I've never spoken about it online. It kind of makes me a little nervous too, but I wanted to lean into it. The reason why I call that my biggest failure and to give you guys a little bit of context, when I was six years old, a screen door broke and sliced my left eye in half. That's one of the reasons why I wear contacts and glasses. I've got like a crooked pupil and a plate in my eyeball. And when I turned 18, I got a settlement for 65,000. Now, the reason why I consider gifting my parents at 50K is my biggest failure in life is because I was a dumb kid walking around with a stack of cash in my pocket, basically flexing on the fact that I had so much money because I was in that wannabe gangster life when I was younger, going through a huge phase that affected a big part of my future. And the reason why I call that as one of my failures is because on top of everything that went on in my childhood, where me and my parents weren't very close, there was a lot of things that happened between my family that triggered a lot of weird responses and honestly drove a huge fucking wedge between us and our family. This money was just the icing on the cake. The reason why I consider it the biggest failure that I ever had in my entire life is because I didn't think about it. I didn't know how to make business moves. I didn't do research. I was a dumb kid just flexing on people with money. So when my parents brought up this opportunity, and that's just what I'll call it right now, because I'm not going to go super in depth. I just gifted them the money basically with my head in the fucking clouds expecting to make way more. And then everything went to shit. And it drove the biggest fucking wedge between me and my entire family to the point where I hated everyone and caught everybody out for years. And I actually brought this up to be recent 
recently where a bunch of people have seen the relationship between my, me and my parents rekindle over the last little bit. And people have been asking me like, well, what happened? Because I know you guys have gone through a lot. And my answer was, I've been through so much since I was a kid until now that I've grown to understand that if I'm going to blame them for everything that went bad in my childhood, I also need to blame them for the person that I became today because I wouldn't be the person I am now without those lessons that I learned. So do I consider that a failure, a huge failure? Yes, 100%. I should never have gifted that money. I should have done my research. I should have stepped up. I was obviously way younger and I can't beat myself up for it, but I also would never change it because it taught me lessons and it made me the person I am today. And I wouldn't be the business person and the entrepreneur and fitness coach and the competitor and the savage that I fucking am without that lesson that I ended up dealing with. Yeah. Boom. Boom. Little story. I've never broke down and I'm going to go a little bit more in depth because I feel like I'm in a place right now mentally where I would like to share a lot more. I think it's a little bit of nervousness based off of the experiences that we ended up dealing with. But I think opening up about those things, guys, and letting your failures like come through and opening up about things that you don't want to talk about that make you feel that like flutter, like that little bit of being uncomfortable is always important. Like that's why I wanted to break that down today. And I didn't think I was going to share that until Brian went and then talked about how it sparked his drug addiction, because I think that sparked a big reason why I went down all the dark paths that I did. And honestly, glad that it fucking happened because I wouldn't be me speaking to you guys if that didn't happen when I was a child. You got some powerful shit. Damn, Chad Marks. Let's go. I'm inspired. Bar, you go first, bro. I shared this with Chad. I've shared this with a few people. I think for me, the biggest failure was being in the relationship I was in, the last long-term relationship I was in. And I think I came to terms with this in a 48-hour window that's quite extreme to the people around me. Like I uh, broke up with her an hour later. I was out of the house. An hour later, I'd put my time in with my job. And I said, hey, in a month from now, I'm gone. And then I moved to LA a month later. But the reason I consider it my biggest failure is I think it was a mirror of every single insecurity I've ever had and everything I've struggled with in terms of the relationship I've had with my mom, relationship I've had with people. Because when I was growing up, like when I was 13, I was already six foot one with a mustache and like puberty had hit me way harder. And I had a very hard time with it. Like I was taller and that was cool and that helped in sports. But like when it came to being around people in social settings, like I was just fucking awkward. Like there's no other way to put it. Like I didn't have self-worth that I have that I started to develop later on. And I think one of the things that happened was as I started to go down the personal development path when I was like 19, 20, as I started to get more confident, but the insecurity of, yo, like you're not that good looking of a guy, like all this kind of stuff, it kind of, it continued to bother me for an extended period of time more than I think I always let it on to. And as like, I started to develop my own confidence, I actually met her and all my friends were like, oh, she's like the most attractive person. Like she's been on project runway, like, and all, and I was like, in my head, it was like, oh, like you're the best looking guy and like you deserve this best looking girl or whatever like this perception of who this person is and it's not like she's a bad person she's a phenomenal human being like in my heart I always have the love for her but the premise of what I was my interpretation of this whole situation was like oh now you're like the good looking guy and now you have like the girl and like people around me would like more or less gaslight it and like make it to be something more than what it really was but in reality it was a mirror of everything that I struggled with with like our relationship the things that I struggled with most with her were things that like for the longest time I didn't take the time to heal with my mom and a lot of females and I saw it like unfold throughout the relationship and in the end it was like okay who I am becoming and evolving into and who you are in your path we're not in alignment and like I want to be an entrepreneur I want to build businesses I want great relationships like I'm not in this like fixed mindset of like oh by 33 I'm gonna get married and have kids like I don't even I used to say such stupid shit like that and now I'm like dude if I don't even get married and have kids like as much as I want them like I don't even care at this point maybe that's a little bit crass to say that because I do want those things but I'm not attached to a timeline anymore you know it's things in life will happen when they meant to and I think it was such a failure because 
because at the end of it, I was like, I remember calling Chad and calling it after I called Angelo and like the look on their faces was like, you're not even like, we can't even believe that you're not even emotional about this. And I was like, this is failing because I knew for over two years, like I can, I look when I was reflecting on it for a while, it was like, I knew the second date, this was never going to work long term, but my insecurity showed up. All the things that I felt about myself became a mirror in that relationship. And I think as like a couple of weeks passed and then I moved to LA, I was like, I'm so grateful for that experience. But like, that was a huge failure. Like two years of my life that I'll never trade for anything. In a lot of ways, I sacrificed who I was in my core through insecurity. And I think the biggest lesson for me was you have to honor who you are and we all have our insecurities and taking the time to look within is the answer. Not looking around you and being like, oh, now I'm this like fucking guy who, you know, is good looking and has this good looking girlfriend and like runs a business and all this stuff. Because like equally in some ways that was in my head, even though in a lot of ways I'm not like that at all. And most people who maybe would never suggest that in the core of it, that was what was showing to me. And I think that was really hard for me to digest because as I was moving, I was like, this is so freeing. And I'm like, fuck, this could have been a long time ago, like realistically. But I think you meet people in your life for a reason to teach you the mirror of the lesson that you've always needed. And I think now, like looking back on it, like I'm so happy that that happened, even though I see the mirror of everything that I once was. And in ways that I still can be at times, it's just, I see it clearly for what it really is and not what I think it is. Dude, that's fucking, I think that the line that struck like a fucking brick was when you said all the things I struggled with her are all of the things that I hadn't healed from my mom yet. Chad, you're up, bro. Let's go. First of all, like, I appreciate all y'all sharing this. It's like, I'm glad I'm kind of happy I'm going last because like, it's, I'm just sitting here like reflecting on things. And like, when I look back, like I can pinpoint like so many, you know, perceived failures. I always look at them as lessons. Like for one guys, like all three of you, like you just shared that, but like, you can say that that failure was a fucking win because that's what made you who you are today. Like you learned some of your biggest lessons from that. Right. So like, I always say that it's my biggest lesson. And when I'm reflecting, I can think about like, I love to like tie the present moment into a certain experience that I had in the past and how they kind of come together now. So when we share like our wins, I definitely want to like talk about how those relate. But this was senior year of high school. I was riding bench on my varsity baseball team. This was like a couple years after like I got cut from my basketball team. So that was like this around like the same time frame where I lost my passion. Like I was very insecure. I had a very troubling relationship with my father. And the way I showed up like in high school was always to be that person like fit in with people. Like I dressed a certain way. I tried to fit in with the popular crowd. I went out of my way to always do things. And personally, that was just my own insecurities and my own lack of confidence that I was projecting onto everyone around me, including my parents, my friends, my baseball team, like, and specifically like even women in school. And I say that because like I had all these insecurities and I wanted to dump all of them onto a relationship. Like I craved a relationship because I lacked emotional responsibility within myself. And due to that, like I would try to like DM and like message and like talk to every girl that I could and like have crush on like a bunch of people. And that led to a point to where like eventually one of my like my photos that like I sent to a girl like got out. And from that moment, like I walked around school like with my heart racing out of my chest with this nervousness, not knowing who's seen him and who hasn't. And that was like my last year of college. I mean, not college, of high school. And that experience like kind of jitters me up because like I'm thinking about how uncomfortable it was to kind of go through the rest of that year. And like straight up, I had to be real with myself and said like, dude, you're a fucking fuckboy. Like, you know what I mean? Like I had to be straight up and realize that. And I'm thankful that the transition to college made me realize that I really had to change who I was and actually find myself because throughout that time and that sparked kind of from getting cut from basketball and getting that taken away from me. Like I never showed up authentically. I never showed up who I was. I always try to fit in. I always try to dump my shit on other people. And it was lonely. 
lonely. Like I had quality friends. Like, don't get me wrong. Like some of these people I'm still in touch with and I always love for the rest of my life. And they were always there by me. So I appreciate that. But like, I wasn't really loving myself. And because of that, I'm sure that I wasn't the most high quality friend in the world. And I didn't realize that. So going through college, I mean, that's what sparked the change in me to get into fitness and, and find something to help me find myself again. And fast forward to now, like I'm living in my full expression and my full authenticity, which is something I'm very proud of. And it's kind of fucking crazy to think that I can say that like with confidence now. But I firmly think that like that was a failure in my life and ultimately a big lesson. And we talk about high school, like I graduated in 2016, like it's taken a while for me to to get to this point to where I can say that. And there's been times where I've fallen out of my authenticity and there probably still will be times. But it's interesting to feel that as I continue going through this, this journey of life, I'm continuing to build more awareness based around my actions, why I am acting the way I am, why I am feeling the way the way I am and learning to take a lot more responsibility within myself has ultimately changed my life. Boom. Podcast D, bro. I love it. I've never like actually outspoken that. I've like typed it out before, but I've never like outspoken that. Thank you I for love sharing. my podcast. I appreciate you. Just wanted to take a quick minute to say, I want to change your life. If you're listening to this podcast, then you know that I have what it takes to help you grow a successful online coaching business. So go to my Instagram at the real Brian Mark and DM me the words more clients. I'll reach out to you and we'll talk about what your biggest struggle is. We'll talk about what your goals are for your online coaching business. And I'll give you some guidance and a game plan for what to do next. Again, go to my Instagram at the real Brian Mark and DM me the words more clients. And I'll reach out to you to see if I can help. Now let's get back to today's episode. One of the things I want to hone in on that you just said, bro, is, is you had to change who you are. And we talked about this on a podcast recently about like how I think this idea of you're perfect as you are is complete bullshit because I think that it allows people to continue living and babying your, their petty flaws. Because if, you know, as an example, if you would have kept on the same pattern that you did in high school then and carried that into your, you know, 25, 26, 27, it's like that would be a pattern that caused you pain. And so I think that it's really important for me. I love that you said that I've you failures as lessons because I do the same thing. Like I believe all failures are lessons. And then when we're speaking to, you know, anybody that's in the audience, I think that the first level of growth is really understanding that failure is necessary because failure teaches you the things that you need in order to reach the next level. Right. Like, you know, when Cole, when you were speaking about your your parents, it's like it, it was a quote unquote failure, but it's actually what caused you to be the man you that you are today. And so my next kind of like where I want to go now is like, what was the biggest thing that you learned from your experience, from your failure? And so for me, my biggest thing that I learned from my failure was I need to be quiet. I need to talk less and I need to work more. And what I mean by that is I remember like when I got back from Australia, coming back and like literally having to like walk around in the gyms that I told everyone that I was going to win and seeing all the people that I said I was that and then feeling like a complete and total fucking loser because I said I was going to win and I literally came in like it was like last place. So like I went there saying one thing and I came back with the opposite result. Like I felt like a total fucking fraud loser. And I remember I just like went into this like deep like hole and I was just like, oh, like I'm such a loser. I need to like hibernate from the world. I need to not talk to anybody. I'm going to party and make all the excuses that Australians are blah, blah, blah. Australians are really jacked and it's like all the fucking, you know, all the bullshit reasons why I actually failed when in reality it was me. And I remember watching, there was a Phil Heath video. I, I used to be obsessed with watching bodybuilding motivation videos. I don't know about you, but like for me, I was like an obsession yeah. every single day. I watched this Phil Heath video and he said, like, become 
becoming a champion means that you do the work when nobody else is watching. He's like, and true champions are doing the work when the cameras are off, when the lights are off. You need to ask yourself, like, are you putting in the work when the lights are off? And for some reason, that just like clicked on like a different level. And I'm like, man, I'm just fronting. Like, I'm just fucking fronting. You know, I'm just telling all these mother, everybody in my life, I'm just telling them all the things I want to do, but I'm fucking fronting. And I remember coming back from Australia and making the decision that I was going to silently fucking build a castle. I was like, it's going to start with my pro card. I'm going to fucking start there and I'm going to build this castle. But my biggest lesson, and we'll talk about the lesson and we'll talk about how we, we'll talk about our biggest win too. But my biggest lesson was that like, it's about what you do when no one's watching. Like that's what we really need to audit. Like you can front for social media, you can make your posts, you can make your stories, you can make your TikToks, you can say that you're a fitness leader, you can say that you've got a healthy mindset. But my question for you is like, what are you doing when the lights are off? Like, what do you do when the cameras aren't watching you? What do you do when the TikTok is off? You know? 100%. It's like one of the biggest lessons in the world. And you'll feel heat, by the way, like anybody who's ever competed, I know you just felt with Brian because we've all binge watched those motivational fucking bodybuilding videos. Like on repeat, bro, over and over and over and over and over again. Like, of course you watch Phil Heath there. He's a fucking king. You said that and I literally just fucking flashback doing Stairmaster fucking hit sprints for an hour that Brian used to make me do watching fucking Christian Guzman and Phil Heath and all these guys. Like, crazy. <laughs> 45 seconds straight and then 15 second walking on the Stairmaster. I'm fuck you, Brian. Horrible, bro. But still, I think if I was to, if I was to just focus on a lesson when it came down to my story, guys, of quote unquote gifting my parents $50,000 to start their business and having that wedge drove between us, I feel like the biggest lesson that I took out of that, if I wasn't to touch on the win yet, would be to like, no matter what obstacle comes up, anything is fucking possible. I feel like the reason why that wedge ended up getting thrown in between us, because I viewed that when I was younger as like the break, like that was the fucking big break for me. That was like, what was going to take my life in a new direction? Because let's be real. I was fucking 100% lost. Um, Me and my parents did not have a good relationship. I was couch surfing at the age of 14. So from 14 until 18, when I got this settlement, our relationship was horrible. And by 18, then I was trying to rekindle it. We were trying to get back to a point where we were all speaking again and things were going in a positive direction. So I saw this as an opportunity. And when I gifted that and it drove the wedge even more, that's when I went even more down the dark hole. So if I was to take like lesson out of it, it would probably be like, yo, anything is possible if you just set your mind to it. Because I had nothing. That was my big break there. I fucking did not take school seriously. I was not going to go to college because I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was couch surfing with all of my friends, drinking every single night, doing drugs, rolling with a crew that was not fucking some people that you should roll with. And when I saw that money, I saw that as my break. So as soon as that disappeared, I was completely lost. I didn't know what to do with my life. I was working at fucking Walmart as an overnight stalker. I was trying to do pawn shop jobs and finding different things. And then as soon as that money left my account and I figured out it wasn't going to happen and that wedge happened where I basically shut my off from my shut myself off from my entire family that was out east for probably a good like three years. Like we spoke off and on, but it was not nice conversations. And the lesson, the reason why I say anything is possible would be my lesson from that is because look at where I am now. I just didn't let it hold me back. I literally just from that day, as weird as it sounds, just looked at the situation and was like, I can't rely on anybody else but myself. I'm just going to put my work in and grind. No matter what I do, I put 100% effort in because I know that if I commit to myself, if I commit to my will, my power and everything that I know that I'm capable of, I could achieve anything. That's why I'm so headstrong when I try to do competing or when I do online fitness coaching or business coaching or fucking when I used to play football, I would just go 100% full headstrong with it and commit to it because I know if I put my 100% effort into it, I could achieve anything. So that would be my 
my lesson if I was to look into that biggest failure. Because I agree with Chad. I feel like the biggest reason why I didn't know what I was going to talk about before this podcast, like the biggest reason why I didn't know what I was going to talk about was because when I look back at everything, I feel like I have i don't hold any resentment to anything anymore. Like I don't have any failures in my life. I, led, I said that to Julia when Brian brought up this podcast idea. I'm like, I have no idea what to talk about because I don't see anything as a fucking failure anymore. Like I just don't. Like I could literally lose this house tomorrow and I wouldn't see it as a failure. I'd be like, okay, well, what's next? Like time to buckle down like I always do. So if you could take anything away from my breakdown there before we talk about the fucking wins, obviously, which mine is going to be pretty fuck clear, would be anything is possible if you commit to it. Like just commit to yourself, right? I feel like too many people rely on others to get them where they are. And I'm not saying that you need to be self-made, but I am saying that if you put your 100% effort into fucking anything, you can achieve literally anything. All right, me and Dane and my little brother were talking about this the other day. We are talking about how we legit didn't used to not have food in our freezer and used to struggle and scrounge for fucking scraps and move around all over the place because we didn't have money when we were younger and our family was broke. And now I'm looking to purchase my second house and he's living in my spare bedroom right now. Like literally anything is possible. That would be my lesson if I was to break that down. Fucking boom, bro. I love that. Thank you for sharing. That was powerful. I've had two straight nights of very deep conversations with my cousin, who's like my coach person who I can like really go to. He's been there through a lot of the things I've gone through. And he's one of the few people who can like me apart. And then I end up laughing because I'm like, this is kind of stupid at this point that it's right in front of me, but I miss it. But I think my that relationship has a very different meaning now than I think it did a year ago, which a year ago was like, I w- you know, I might have wasted time. Now I look at it as like, can you take things for what they really are? And I think that's that was the challenge. Like, I wasn't taking it for the fact that I was in a relationship with someone out of my insecurity, not because I genuinely wanted that relationship. I didn't take things for, hey, I'm still struggling as a person. You know, I have things that I have yet to figure out for me. I was like, oh, like I haven't figured out now that I have this person in my life. Right. And we had this conversation and something came up last night where my cousin was like, every single relationship you have, your friends, your family members, and even a significant other, you get to make a choice. Are you doing things based on potential or are you doing things based on what is really happening? And the question is, are you looking for a partner or are you looking for a project? Because what happens is you start projecting onto people what you think they are. And therefore you go through the same perpetual cycle in your relationships where you attract people who are hurting, where you attract people who are not willing to be emotionally honest. But in reality, you're not doing that either, right? But when you get to the point where you're a partner with yourself, the people in your life are your partners, you can take things for what they are and say, hey, these are my shortcomings. I'm willing to be vulnerable and express these things. And let's work together because it's just like Chad and I, like he has things that he's better at than I am. Like straight up when Cole was talking about like, yo, what are you doing when the lights are off? I'm the person who loves doing shit when the lights are off. And I don't even want anybody to bring the camera. I'm the exact opposite of Chad. Chad loves fucking filming shit and doing it. And I'm like, yo, I do everything very silently. I'm just now getting to the point a year after we started where I'm like, okay, we should film this because there's opportunity for content. It's great marketing. But for me, it's like, I've always been the, yo, I don't need anybody to know what's going on. At the end of the day, it's going to show anyways, right? But it's just like that. Like Chad's a business partner of mine. He's one of my best friends. It's the same thing with my mom, my dad, like my closest friends like the question is are you looking for a project are you looking for a partner but that starts with you and where are you at in your life are you becoming honest enough to admit what things are and not this projection of what you think things seem to be and i think that was a lesson now where it's like i've had some things happen with different relationships recently where i'm like okay the mirror is showing me the same thing and i need to be very mindful of how i'm projecting because this is projection am i taking responsibility for it sure but there's some things that i need to work through personally if i want to find partners and not projects fucking love that dude I want to find partners and not projects. And I think that like something that really struck with me there is like the development of the relationship with yourself. Because if you can actually develop like a full on, like I love myself inside and out, all of my flaws and all of my insecurities, I love myself unconditionally. Like 
that's when the person that you're supposed to be with will will come to you. And it's cheesy, but you attract what you are. And so if you're in love with yourself, you're going to attract somebody that's in love with themselves. And you guys are going to like, you guys can love each other and love yourselves equally. And it is you're, not that you're not going to meet someone who doesn't have things they're working through. Like it's a work in progress. It's can we get to a place where it is unconditional love, where we see things for what they are. There's not like this misconception of, oh, you are who I think you are. No, no, mm-hmm. no. Thank you for what you are. Same thing with me. Like I am much more aware of who I actually am and not who sometimes I used to think I was. That person who I was in that relationship is not who I am right now. And mm-hmm. I can see where occasionally I might stray back to that. And I have to check myself and be like, look, like you're not what you think you are. And that's okay. Like there's no reason to be anything other than you. Mm-hmm. Chad, you're up, dog. Yeah, this is super reflective. I think that for one, I'm extremely grateful that this lesson was learned on the brink of like transitioning from high school to college because I think a lot of it was because of that. But like within me, I had something to tell me that like this was a fresh start, you know, and that alone was such a powerful lesson because up to that point, I was pretty fixed around going to college, graduating, becoming a financial advisor, and obviously doing what my parents initially wanted me to do. But after learning that hard lesson, it put things in perspective for me to understand that if you keep doing things for other people, you're never going to actually find who you are. And it made me understand that I really didn't know who I was. And I'm honestly just fucking proud of myself for continuing that journey and not falling to the depths of it and just saying, hey, I am going to find who I am. And when I went into school, even though I was going to school, even though I was going to school for business, like I had a more open mind around it. Like I wasn't afraid to change my major. I went from just normal, like I wanted to do finance first. I switched it to basic business administration and then I switched it to marketing and then I switched to entrepreneurship and ultimately became the entrepreneur I am today. But I understood I had a lot to learn, right? And a lot to learn like outside of the schooling structure. And this is where like I started running into obviously getting more involved in my fitness journey. People started asking me for help. And I think that when I look back, I can say that the biggest lesson was actually maybe, you know, cutting out of a fixed mindset more so into a growth mindset and learning to actually believe in myself again was it. Learning to actually believe in myself again. I had to really dig deep and say, hey, like you can do this. Like you can find who you are. And I start by putting my efforts into my own fitness journey, I attracted people that wanted help from me, which made me believe in myself like really more than ever. Like in that, in those moments, like I felt a sense of power. I felt a sense of pride. I felt a sense of passion that I had missing for quite some time. So if I look back at it, like the number one lesson that I learned from that is I had to find a way to begin believing in myself again. Mm. And I mean, I've lived a majority of my life and just still say that I've always lived a majority of my life not believing in myself and not having a will within to actually go after what I wanted and not what other people wanted for me. Mm. Dude, that's fucking sick. That's really cool. I love that. Excuse me, I'm grateful for it, man. I'm honestly, I'm fucking grateful for myself because I, I found that within. I'm, all, I'm huge based around like ins- getting courage from other people. Like watching Gary Vee like every fucking day once I started getting into coaching, 100% fucking changed me. It was like, it's like, don't you want to be fucking happy? I'm like, this makes me happy. Like, you know what I mean? So like yeah. he instilled so much courage into me, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. man. This, the courage alone to begin my fitness journey was the first time I had courage to really start anything after getting cut from basketball. Dude, I oh. fucking relate with that on a completely new level. And when you said you like had a struggles like believing in yourself and you basically didn't believe in yourself your whole life, I fucking 100% resonate with that on every level. Like I used to think I was a fucking loser and straight up, man, like I 
came from a background where like my family was, we were all lower income and we were a part of this like church. And as much as we would like to admit, like, we'd like to say that people don't discriminate based on like, income level. Like it happens. Like, you know, the wealthy people would hang out with the wealthy people. And then like we were the lower income family. So like I never really felt included. I never really felt like I belonged. And even being the only dark skin member of my family, like I'm the only black person in my family. And I just felt like I was always the outsider in social situations, in my, in my physique. Like I was overweight when I was younger. Like I always felt like a loser. Like honestly, like even though I really wanted things when I was younger, like I remember my first goal is like, like I want to be a football player. And then when that didn't turn out, it's like in my head, I'm like, it's because I'm a fucking loser. And then I tried another venture and it didn't work out. And I'm like, it's because I'm a fucking loser. And so I, I never really actually won something ever until I decided that I was going to win my pro card. And I want to transition and we've got about 15 minutes left. So I want to kind of get to mine quick. And then I want you guys to share yours to the biggest win that I ever had. And when I think about my life, like living in this fucking mansion that I live in right now and, you know, getting to a thousand clients alongside Cole Silva and, you know, making my first million at 28. Like when I think about all the things that I've done, honestly, my biggest fucking win was the moment that I got announced as first place WBFF champion. That was the biggest win I've ever had in my life because that was the moment where I realized that I can fucking do anything. Like I was overweight when I was younger, like always wanted to be a fit. This is, sounds weird as fuck, but when I would go for runs when I was overweight, like when I was a kid, I would literally imagine myself on stage as a fitness model, like just like walking down the runway with shredded. I don't know why. I just, I would. I think I saw like a Numa model show. Where Vision, they were like, bro. Yeah, I saw like a Numa model show when I was like 13 where they were walking down the runway and I'm like, I want, I want to be a model. You know, like these guys, I'm, I can fucking do that. And so actually like step on that stage and hold up the first place trophy after failing, after like, this was my fourth show. I had failed three times. Like first time I got seventh place, second time I got last place. Third time I got second place. Second fuck almost there. Yeah, almost there, but not quite. And it was like, I fucking refuse to be denied this time. I'm like, this time is mine. And so the fourth show, like actually winning, I was like, yo, I can fucking do anything. I'm like, I said this vision for like three years. I went through a drug addiction and came back and fucking claimed it. I'm like, if I can fucking do that, I can do anything. And that was the unlock for everything else. Then I started, I was like, okay, now I want $10,000 a month. I'm like, I'm going to fucking do it. I can do anything. And then I hit 10K and then I'm like, okay, now I want to fucking have a team of trainers. I want to take over Calgary. I can fucking do it. I can do anything. And then I did it. And then it's like, that's where everything started to spiral, like in, in a positive direction. So I really do think that my biggest win for me was the second that I got announced as the WBFF champion, because even though that was like six years ago, like five years ago, almost now, it was still one of the biggest moments in my life because that was the first fucking moment in my entire life that I felt like a winner. Can you guys hear me? Perfect. I think if I was to follow that one up, <laughs> let's talk about the biggest win. I feel like the biggest win, all right, and I'm actually glad that Brian brought it up, would be this fucking trophy right here. And not because of the fact that I competed against people and won or because I stepped on stage and I won first place. I honestly could give a fuck less about winning a first place trophy or an overall trophy just based on the fact that there's so much else in my life that I'm happy about. My house, my family, my wife, my friends, my company, my clients. Like, there's so much more that I give a fuck about than a goddamn trophy. But the reason why this trophy is so fucking internally like important to me is because right here it says Thunder Bay and when I was in Thunder Bay that's where everything happened that's where I had the falling out with my family where I lost everybody that was close to me that's where my addiction started that's where I surrounded myself with people that didn't have my good intentions at heart and I felt just like Brian said like a fucking loser guys I used to drive around my car with a bong in the side fucking passenger side and a 2.6 under my seat that I would drink a day and that's not an exaggeration because I didn't want to think about the things that I did the day before so I would drink until I was fully blocked out every single fucking night. There was so much that happened in that city that like just leaves a sour taste in my mouth 
health. And the reason why I feel like this trophy to me, like this statement is my biggest win ever. It was because it was kind of like closing a chapter in my life that I hated. It was like, when I look back at that version of myself, it wasn't like I was disappointed or whatever. And I saw it as a failure because again, I think that everything is a lesson, but I fucking hated that person. Literally hated him. It wasn't me. And it was because just like Chad said, like I can relate to what he was breaking down. I was being a person for everybody else and I wasn't being myself, right? I was acting out of, I need to act like this person to make these sure these people like me and these people like me and these people understand who I am and look this way in this person's eyes. And I fucking hated him. I hated that version of myself. And to this day, I don't like that motherfucker. And I'm like very glad that I've went through every single thing that I've gone through, all right? The drug addiction, the alcoholism, the abuse of my parents, the fucking shit that we went through, losing that money when I was younger. Like I'm fucking happy and proud that all that shit happened because it led to a life of fitness, which led to competing, which led to me going back to my hometown and winning in front of my friends and family, winning in front of the people that only ever saw me as the guy who used to black out and throw up and almost die on the side of the fucking road on a consistent basis. So if I was to pick one win, it would probably be that because I got to close out a chapter in my life that I was very disappointed about, even though it taught me all the lessons that I needed in order to become the person that I am today. Bro, you know that hits on a different level. (laughs) I fucking love that, bro. I think, I think for me, it's becoming in tune with who I am emotionally from that relationship. Like, I think what, like what I was saying, the mirror idea, like it's just a reflection of the things with my mom. I think in a lot of ways, my relationship with my mom has gotten a lot better. And I've, I've naturally been a very gentle person, but I think I've become more perceptive to using being gentle in nature more effectively around people in situations and also understanding when to assert myself. And I think it's becoming in tune with who I am and what I feel when I'm in an environment rather than what I used to do, which is like, I would see something and think, oh, this is what this is and use the mind to kind of combat what was happening. And I think that's something that it, like, I t- say this to chat a lot, but I think we often live in our heads and not through our hearts. But when we learn to live through our heart and we use the power of the mind, that's when we can really create outcomes and live a life that is in our favor and is towards the things we want. And I think that relationship in all the mirrors it taught me and the things I experienced, even being with her, like there were things that she expressed to me that I like she'd never said to anyone before and I was like wow and I had to learn to be even gentle with her because I I could tell I wasn't being gentle with myself and that was a a lesson in patience and being able to share space with someone so just the overall theme of being in tune with yourself at an emotional level because when you're in tune with your heart and the mind continues to develop you can make anything happen you know but I don't think that if I had that level of awareness through things that I would feel I wouldn't be where I am today like I can confidently tell you I've cried more in the last week and the last year than I probably we had over the last 10, 15. And I don't think it's because like all of a sudden I'm soft. It's I've just learned to appreciate myself emotionally. And when things do get tough, like my skin is much thicker. Like there's a lot of things that I've been able to weather in the last year that I, you know, before last year, I probably never would have been able to go through it. Now it just kind of rolls off. Like he kind of, he laughs at me sometimes. He's like, how are you not stressed? Like this is happening. Like I'm fucking pestered and you're not stressed. I don't get what's going on. But I also think the biggest component to being able to manage stress and, and tough times has been, okay, I went through things emotionally and there's a lot of context because I allowed myself to feel and appreciate things through intuition and not through, oh, this is what's happening and this isn't logical or this is logical and this is why it is the way it is. It's letting yourself live through feeling. And I think when you go through that, you're expressing. And I think that's the ultimate way to live a life where you feel free and you can shine your light on other people to help them do the same. Yeah, let's fucking go. Because I also want to like express gratitude to all you guys for helping me get here today, especially what far 
just said about fully expressing, I can say that the process of that is my biggest win. And I literally on this podcast, when we were talking, I went on Twitter and I just tweeted, winning is a process, not an outcome. And because I said that, I can't like pinpoint like one thing, but I can pinpoint one thing that chain reacted something recently to make me really step into my power, my potential, who I am fully. And it's powerful shit, man. But like I got third place at Summer Shredding last year. We had over 30 of our clients, some of my closest friends out in that crowd. And that whole entire prep, I gave that fucking everything. I didn't skip a beat. Like I was on it. And more importantly, again, I was proud of my efforts. Like I found the winning in the process of the prep, regardless of what the fuck I was going to do out on that stage. Like I already won because of that. And when I walked out on that stage, I felt an emotion I've never felt in my entire fucking life before. And I can almost relate it to the same emotion that you see on like Kobe Bryant's face when he hits a game winning shot. And that's how I express. I walked out there. I pumped up the crowd. I looked at everybody that I loved my <laughs> to my core, my clients, my friends. They're all up screaming. And I performed my routine. I walked off. And after that moment, I was like, this is it. And after I got off stage, dude, I was balling, like fucking balling. And just like seeing all my clients out there, like it's working me up right now. Like but seeing all my clients out there, like just supporting me, made me like truly put things in perspective and say like, yo, like we built this. And I looked at far as like, dude, we did this. And it, it's crazy to think from like those moments, like the, the failure that I mentioned to like that moment, I'm like, damn, to have this many people around me who love me for who I am, for love me to who love me for how I express, who love me for my energy, who I am to a core meant the world to me. And in that moment, I felt unstoppable. In that moment, I trusted myself and said, hey, Beyond Bill's going to fucking go to the moon. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, this is something different that we built, but it's all based around authenticity. It's based around loving each other. And after that moment, man, we, we hopped on a call, me, you, and Far, and I, I talked about how, like, I was told, like, how I expressed wasn't appreciated and people didn't like it. And I let that get to my head. And for that time frame, up until, dude, just recently, until I, like, moved here to San Diego, I was getting in my own head about, like, who I was. I was questioning my expression. I was questioning my authentic self. I was questioning whether or not that was too much. And I am being too much. And I struggled. I kept going. Don't get me wrong, but I struggled to live in my authenticity. I struggled to fully express who I was because of that. I would think twice before saying some things that I wouldn't think twice about before. And I've also done some things that I wasn't proud of in that time frame from that moment. And it brought a lot of fucking tension, a lot of uncomfortability, a lot of uncomfortable conversations. But walking out of that and moving here to San Diego, like I was a little bit afraid. And it was that same feeling of afraidness that I had walking through the high school hallways. I'm like, what are people going to think of me? Am I going to fit in? Are people going to like me here? Understanding what I did and things that I'm not proud of doing recently before moving. And immediately, not only did I feel accepted by these people here, but I felt loved. And it was the same love that was expressed to me when I got off stage of Summer that I stepped into this environment of friends and family here in San Diego. And immediately I felt that love and it put things into perspective to say, hey, like these people love me for who I am. When we were in Miami recently, before going to, before I moved to San Diego, like all the clients around me, we built this space and environment of unconditional love at Beyond Built. Like regardless of the trophies, the macros, the training, the transformations, like regardless of all that, we built a community of people that are here to empower each other through loving each other. And in those experiences with my clients, it made me actually value that like, this is home. This is what I should feel. This is the love that I should feel in my life from those around me. And through learning those lessons, I found that the biggest win, being able to have an environment like Beyond Bill, have an environment personally to my core friends where it's loving. We're unconditionally loving each other. We're here to express love to each other. And through that, it's taught me to love individuals from my heart, which has taught me to love who I am, which has taught me to love myself. And that alone, and that whole entire process is my biggest fucking win. And I can now say that I'm living in my authenticity.
authenticity and expressing myself through the unconditional love that I, I show myself and through I show others. And that energy is now reciprocated and appreciated. And I won't accept anything fucking less. Yeah! Okay, oh, fuck I, I, bro. I have uh, I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna leave a cliffhanger here. Okay. So we gotta end the podcast now. Who here wants us to bring back uh, these two on the podcast? Who wants me and Cole to bring back these two studs in the podcast? If you do, you gotta take a screenshot of this right now. You gotta share it to your social media and tag our handles. My handle, be Mark Fit. Cole, what's your handle? Cole Lewis De Silva. Cole Lewis De Silva. Far, what's your handle? Farshad Sarafi. Farshad Sarafi. Chad, what's your handle? Chad Morgan Fit. Guys, if you want us to do another podcast, screenshot this podcast episode, share it to your Instagram stories. Tag us, be Mark Fit, Cole Lewis De Silva, Chad Morgan Fit, Farshad Sarafi in your Instagram and let us know. Peace, love, and protein. Have the best day of your entire life and we'll talk to you guys soon. Peace. Peace.